Presents Spooky South Ghost with your hosts Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz. And Matt Costa, I know that you're a big Celtics fan. I am. Huge. But, uh, Tony Allen of the Boston Celtics has started referring to himself as the quiet yeah. assassin. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so I think the next time I go and cover a game, I'm going to have to uh, mention Are we going to have to engage in some fisticuffs over this name? To- Tony Allen's from a tough neighborhood in Chicago. He's uh He's gotten bagged before for bringing a gun into a restaurant. Yeah, so. I do bruise like a peach, too. Yeah, so I don't know if that's a good idea. Not that I'm saying he's a violent person. I'm just saying, you know, he's got a, a tendency to uh, solve things in that manner. And yeah. Okay, he can have it. Yep. So it's, it's not exactly ripping off your nickname. Matt Moniz, I don't know any basketball players that refer to themselves as the science advisor. <laughs> yeah. But I will say that Mike James, who used to play for the Celtics, grew up in Amityville, New York, and uh, his nickname was the Amityville Horror. So Cool. That's That's... Somewhat of a paranormal NBA known. All right, welcome to uh, ESPN Radio, apparently. <laughs> uh, Tim Weisberg here, and we are talking about the paranormal as we do each and every Saturday night. And tonight we are going to talk about the world of electronic voice phenomenon with our guest, Mike Markowitz. Uh, if you're a fan of the program, then I'm going to guess that you're also a fan of Mike's. He is our go-to guy for EVPs. He is simply the best, really. I, I can't gush about your work any better, Mike, because... You, I'm not going to kiss you. <laughs> you've come up with <laughs> things that just nobody else can get, and you have different approaches and different techniques. Uh, the new book is uh, EVP, Electronic Voice Phenomenon, Massachusetts Ghostly Voices. It's linked up right on the front page of SpookySouthCoast.com if you want to pick up a copy. And it's a great book because not only does it have the stories behind the investigations and the results that you got through the EVP, but also a CD right. with some clips, which we're going to figure out a way to play them here tonight uh, for you. I should have should have brought the iPod cable, but uh, <laughs> we are going to play some of them for you. And really, it's it's one of those things where unless you hear it for yourself, you're not going to understand it. I mean, I remember uh, when the commercials came out for that movie White Noise. Right. Uh, the the movie itself looked really dumb to me, but once I heard those clips that were mixed in, which were actually real clips from the uh, AAEVP website. Yeah, yeah I think Cameron Mossy had some of her work on there. Really. Yeah. And that's what really drew me in and ever since then i want to listen to them but i don't (laughs) (laughs) they're cool well what was it that first drew you into the world of edp it's that you know that one recording that always does it you know you you hear it and it just sets you off you know mine was um a friend of mine jordy who had recorded this you know this crazy scream and it, it just you know once I heard it, I just it just struck a chord in me. You know, I'm standing outside in Halloween night, perfect, you know, perfect night. You could smell the leaves in the air. You know, it was, it was absolutely perfect. And I'm listening to my first real EVP, and um, you know, it was recorded from a friend of mine, so I knew it was authentic. And she's like, you know, what do you think of that? And um, 
it just it just blew me away. It struck a real chord in me, and um, you know, from then on, I just knew that I was going to be recording these things. And you know, I, I ran out and got a recorder for myself, and just started recording. And um, started recording in my house, and you know, I just never stopped and never looked back. Really, it's. Well, first of all, recording in my house is one thing I have yet to do. I won't even turn on the, the shack hack in my house. <laughs> um, but that's mainly because I know that being in my own home and surrounded by my own personal spirits that hang around me, they'll just use that opportunity to yell at me for things. <laughs> so uh, I can just picture what my grandmother has to say now. and All the psychics are out there saying, see, we've been telling you that for years. There you go. But when you do make that connection, when you do catch your first EVP, it's almost like, because it happened to us the first time that we ever did it, it's almost like if you uh, could tear down that one last remaining wall between belief and disbelief. It's almost like hearing it for yourself is enough to convince you. Feeling it, seeing it, any of that stuff, but when you can hear it and when it can right. communicate with you, that's yeah. what really sells you on it. Especially when you do it yourself, because mm-hmm. you know the circumstances in which you recorded the room, who was home, you know, everything, and you record and you you play it back and that's kind of how it, it that also boosted me a little bit more as well you know when you get your first really good evp and you go oh my god i can do this you know this really works and uh you know mine was a uh was a woman saying um effing cold you know it was right into the microphone and um yeah i woke up the next morning i listened to the file and there it was and i let my wife listen to it and she's like oh my god you know who is that you know, that was just freaky. It's probably the easiest uh, evidence that somebody can go out just starting out and acquire on their own. And naturally, it's not easy to, to find it and to be able to break it down and, and, and do well, the work that you do to it. But at least you can capture it easier than you can other Yeah, other absolutely. It's, it's the most abundant source of paranormal evidence that you can gather. Um, you know, I know people have been recording for like, you know, 18 years and, you know, what do they have for video? Well, nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, got some orbs, some light anomalies, which are always good. I mean, that's, that's a whole topic in itself as well. Um, but that's about it. Maybe some shadows and stuff, you know, sometimes maybe, but you have to comb through just, you know, hundreds of hours of video to get it, yeah. to find it. Where you could just record, you know, half an hour with a digital recorder. And there you go. There's a couple of EVPs for you. Now, we've had guests in the past and, and reading about the paranormal and, and talking with people in the field. There are some people who will say, I've been doing this for 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. and I maybe caught four really good EVP in that time. You can go out, and I've bared witness to this myself, <laughs> you can go out <laughs> in one night capture 60, 70 of these yeah, things. It's, yeah, I don't, I'm haunted. <laughs> that might be the I'm case. Haunted. Yeah. yeah, I'm haunted. But, I mean, uh, it... I think if you can tune into it and you're able to uh, kind of sense the right way to do it, and I think that might be the case with you, that you're able to kind of sense where it is that you need to go, how it is you need to set up, even before this is happening so that you can catch those voices. Yeah, it's like I think if you pay attention to it enough, um, you, know, you start learning more about it and you kind of get connected to it. Kind of like a mechanic can listen to a, a good mechanic will listen to a car engine and say, oh, the timing's a little off. You know, I, I if I go someplace and I, you know, you're kind of like, oh, there's some stuff here, there's some stuff going on. You kind of get a little bit more sensitive to it. Um, why it always shows up on digital recordings, I don't know. I, I just don't know. I was recording today, actually, before I came here and um, got a couple of really interesting EVPs. And, you know, it's just, 
I don't know. Stuff just makes itself available to me for some reason. One one of the things that you hear a lot of people uh, argue about, and it, it seems to kind of become believed to be standard practice in the field, is that you review your work after the investigation. You know, you, you go out, you collect everything, and then you review it afterwards. Uh, Matt Moniz, you're a scientist, so you can probably attest to this in, in doing experiments. You don't always have to wait till the experiment is completely over before you start to see the results, right? Uh, yeah, depending upon the type of experiment, most of the time you can, you're reviewing the data as it's being generated and you notice trends, yes. And can't that data that you are accumulating during that course kind of affect the outcome? Can it shift what the experiment is during the course of it? Well, it depends upon the experiment, but generally, yeah, it can. Like if you're, you know, messing around with a, a blowtorch, an ice cube and a can of hairspray, and all of a sudden you create antimatter, that's kind of going to change the original focus of the... What was that recipe again? <laughs> it's not patented yet. Just wait. But uh, And that's that's your approach when it comes to, to capturing EVPs, is you'll actually listen on headphones while you're conducting the investigation, or mm-hmm. you'll go back to your home base and kind of listen into what's going yeah. on. And s- most investigators won't do that, but I like that approach. I do that myself because that gives you... Uh, it kind of like leads you in the right direction of the investigation. Mm. If they're saying something to you, yeah. it only helps you to ask whatever the next question is going to sure. be. And some, you know, it's, it's a, a funny thing now. What's been happening? You know, as I'm listening live, um, I'm starting to hear more and more uh, in a live fashion. In other words, I can hear these EVPs now. They're starting to really come in while I'm listening live. Um, even today, I heard stuff uh, going on. I was at a theater. And um, I was actually hearing stuff being moved around uh, on the stage, you know, and it, it was just just crazy. Every the last uh, four investigations that I've been on, um, I've heard live um, paranormal activity, either someone saying something or objects being moved. One, it's, one it's pretty thing, crazy. One, one thing that I've uh, I've noticed about uh, working with you too is that you'll hear things that I can't hear, and I. Sometimes you'll play a clip for me, or even in the CD that comes to the book, I'll hear mm-hmm. something. I'm like, I can't quite hear what's being said there. But that speaks to everybody's own individual right. hearing and, their, and how they process it. Right. Uh, is it is it tough for you when you find something and, and you can't pass it on to somebody else? Because some of these messages may right. be meant just for you. Yeah, um, hearing is a funny thing. Um, you know, people interpret it differently. Um, you know, there's. It's just, I was more bothered by it at first because I was I had all these great clips to play for people, and, and still today, most of the recordings that I get are still the whispers. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just seems to, to be the most abundant EVP. And when I play that stuff back, most people have a hard time hearing it. So at the beginning, it was kind of hard, but I, I'm like, you know, here's another clip. You know, if you didn't like yeah. that one, I'll play him another one. If you didn't like that one, I'd play him another one. But, yeah, it it's hard when people can't hear what you hear, and it's it's a little bit it, it's a little bit more frustrating when they hear something completely different. Like you say, oh, you know, whatever it is, you know, my name is Jill. And all of a sudden they hear, you know, I don't know, look at my red car. That's like, what? How are you hearing that? I don't hear that at all. And you're listening to it. And they said, yeah, it's right there. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I don't hear that. So or, I kind of know how they feel. Even worse, sometimes that goes back and re-influences you into what you're hearing and makes you question what it was you heard originally. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's something to do with relativity, you know. It's relevant to somebody who's hearing it. There's something to do with the way that energy is. Even if even if it's on a recording, it, it's it's coming through and people are going to interpret it differently. Well, you mentioned whispers. And yeah. I, I think, you know, the belief, and reading the book, I, I seemed... 
I think that you probably would agree with this, that the, the strength of the voice that comes through and the clarity with which it comes mm. through might speak to the strength of energy that the spirit has. Quite possibly, yeah, because, um, you know, it, it's something that's just lackadaisical being said, it's, it's, it's a whisper. You know, if someone's, someone's really poignant, someone's really trying to make a point, it, it tends to come in really loud and clear. Like, like they, the intent is stronger, so therefore the, the voice is stronger. Well, if you'd like to call in and, and ask a question or join in the conversation, the numbers are 508-996-0500, toll-free, 1-877-996-1420. You can also email us, SpookyCrew, at SpookySouthCoast.com. And if you go to SpookySouthCoast.com, click on the chat tab. Our friend Craig is running a live chat during the show on his website. And one of the things, we should probably take a step back here for our non regular listeners who are just tuning in for the first time of exactly what electronic voice phenomenon really is. And in your words, Mike, how would you explain that? Um, voices that show up on recorded media that apparently weren't present at the time of recording. When you play it back, all of a sudden you hear these extra voices that are mixed in with whatever you're recording. One of the arguments is whether or not it's EVP or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you hear it in the room at the time, and it doesn't have an explainable source. It's not EVP. It's still paranormal activity. It would be an audio, an AVP audible voice phenomenon, and I guess. I still, there's still people that argue that they say, yeah. "Well, that doesn't count because you heard it with your own ears." What? Are you kidding me? Right. That's I, even better than an EVP. Yeah. <laughs> That's, when that happened, the first time that happened to me, we were at Lizzie Borden's house. We heard that audible growl. growl. It didn't didn't yeah, show up on any of the recordings. That that's a personal experience that really strikes a core when you when you hear something live, it's nothing like it. I mean, it's just it just strikes it. You know it when you hear it, you know. And the more you listen to these, we'll get right to this call in a second. But the more you listen to these, mm-hmm. the more you can hear more to it. Right. Uh, for example, we'll play it later on in the show if if we can. But the Fearing Tavern EVP mm. that we ca- caught uh, down in the basement, that's I heard awesome. that again. Tonight, well, I was listening to that again tonight, and I heard something new that I hadn't really heard before. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that, because we're going to play a lot of these clips. Matt Costa's is in the other room right now trying to figure out how he's still working on it, but we'll get to them. All right, let's go to the phones. All right, good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Mike Markowitz. How are you doing? Hello. Hello. Am I audible? You are. Is this Keith? Yes, this is Keith. Hey, Keith. How are you doing? Good. You sound like you're in the distance, though. I do. Yes, I'm using some different uh, headphones. Maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm sounding different. <laughs> That's on the probably it. Hearing myself different, so I'm talking different. Well, I wish a happy upcoming Easter to you, Tim, and Matt, and Matt and Mike. Thank and you. you as well. Thank you. Very welcome. I've been lucky enough in my career to have twice captured, to have experienced audible voice phenomena, but to also have captured it on recording, on an audio recording too. And um, so I, I looked out there twice. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was also a time, this is, of course, going back to um, my days with the Atlantic Paranormal Society, and this goes back before Ghost Hunters. Yep. We're on a case up in Maine, up in Skowhegan, Maine, and um, one of our members happened to catch uh, EVP while it was on video, too. Sure. You know, which is, that's rare in my experience, but we're lucky enough to catch that. So it picked up on the microphone from the recorder? Yes. The video uh, video recorder? Yes, it did. And uh, so we did get visual and we did get audible, too, which is, which is very good that we mm-hmm. did that. And I have a quick question. Um, 
in Precious Blood Cemetery in one socket. Um, my wife Sandra and I have been very lucky to capture uh, some pretty good EVP there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time, the most recent time we were there, uh, one of our investigators asked, are you walking through the graveyard? But it was picked up on Sandra's uh, recorder that said, uh, yes very distinctively, yeah. and that's very, very clear as the day we recorded it, or the night we recorded it. However, um, one time we were there with Brian, our friend Brian Hanwa. He was giving us a, t- a nighttime moonlit tour of the place, and we found a sacrifice. It looked like a sacrificed cat. At least it had been hacked up, and uh, it's a pretty disgusting sight. Mm-hmm. And we were, of course, making a big deal of it, and... When we were leaving the cemetery, I began playing my tape back and immediately we heard this uh, very impressive EVP. It actually said, good people, what's a dead cat? Oh, wow. And that's, that's one of the um, lengthiest ones I've ever, uh, and most concise ones I've received. However, um, I noticed over time in that recording, the EVP has faded significantly. The voices themselves, you can hear Brian's and Sandra's voices but and my voice, yeah. They haven't faded at all, but the EVP itself is uh, almost unintelligible now, even though it was very clear when we first uh, captured it, when I first captured it on my recording device. Now I'm, um, and it was like a very old, you know, Panasonic recorder, too. Was it on like, tape? Yes, it's on magnetic tape. Yeah, that's probably why it's faded. How right. old is the, uh, how old is the tape? Well, it's from, um, 2004, so. Oh, it's not that old. No, it's, it's not really that old, but, um, I was wondering if, uh, Has it been played continuously? That's the other thing. Yes. Now, as, again, our voices are not uh, faded at all on the tape, but the EVP itself. I was wondering, do you have any advice on how I could kind of revive that? Or, or um, what I would do is I'd, uh, I would play it one more time into um, some kind of digital rec- recorder and um, keep it digital from now on and don't play the uh, the tape anymore because every time you do, you're wearing down the tape. Right, and the sound quality gets um, you know less and less and less. I yeah. would digitize it as soon as you can. All right, and or maybe I'll have you or uh, science advisor Matt Moniz uh, handle that for me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll handle it if you need us to. Yeah, Absolutely. I would like the pros to kind of take a look at it because I don't want to wind up wiping it out either. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it for those who are looking to do something like that. It actually kind of is a simple process, at least to get yourself by. I mean, I assume you you do have digital recorders that you work with now, Keith, right? Okay, well, thank you for your advice. I guess I do sound far away. Yes, he does does sound very far away. Okay. All right, well, have a good night, Keith. We'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) I don't know what it is. You guys hear me fine, right? Yeah, we hear you fine. I sound a little tinny, but other than that. uh, Well, what I was going to say, for those of you who are using an older recorder and you want to make it digital, uh, I guess the easiest way, it's not going to be the highest fidelity, but all you have to do is take it was that button in the wrong okay all you have to do is take a a regular uh eighth inch to eighth inch cable that you can buy at radio shack for like three bucks plug it into the microphone jack of your digital recorder and the headphone jack of the other recorder and bam there you go you made it digital because i used to figure out all kinds of ways when i when i was a kid to borrow my dad's albums and his friend's albums and record them onto cassette tape and I, I mean, I remember slice, uh, splicing speaker headphones. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> making essentially making one of those cables because I didn't yeah. realize that they actually existed. Oh yeah, and they were pretty cheap. So that that should actually be in every investigator's toolkit because uh, 
it's just it's the easiest way. And Mike, you mentioned in the book that uh, USB transfer is the best way to do it. And more and more recorders that I see on the shelf, even at Walmart, for twenty, thirty right. bucks, are USB. Yeah, definitely. Um, using that method with the wire, um, what you're doing is using the preamp that is reserved for headphone usage, mm-hmm. and you're using that dirty little circuit, <laughs> and it's adding noise as it travels through the cable into your digital um, uh, recording software, whatever, digital recorder. So if you bypass that with the USB cable, now it's just going electronically, transferring it digitally into your um, into your new uh, rec- you know, digital recording, whatever you have, whatever you're, you're using to record with, and just transfer the file over that I mean, right to your computer. You bypass all that dirty circuitry. You know, th- th- most digital recorders, they're, you know, they're junk. They might sound okay, but when you hear something that's really good, you say, wow, what a big difference. Mm-hmm. And you want to bypass all that noise altogether. You know, the cleaner your recordings are, the greater that, you know, those EVPs are going to sound. You can hear little subtle nuances in there that you won't be able to hear otherwise. And we've seen the setup that you use uh, on investigations mm-hmm. between the conde- – you use condenser microphones like we have here in the studio. Actually, yours are better than what we have here in the studio. <laughs> and uh, they, they were built uh, sometime after 1974. And they have uh, you have a, a great board, and mm-hmm. you have um, also a, a very high fidelity handheld recorder that you yeah, use that's as a well. great that's a great great little machine. I love that thing. And that's why with a lot of these recordings that we'll hear later on, and that you'll get when you purchase the book, they are probably things you would never have picked up using regular equipment. I don't know. It, who knows? You know, I mean that recording. Um, of the woman screaming that I spoke of earlier that got me started on this whole thing, the um, the decibel signatures on the cover of the book. And I have yet to, re- to record any anybody screaming with that kind of um, intensity. It's just, it's just incredible. Um, and that was recorded with a mini cassette recorder. So and, and I spine, I re- spine tingling. Yeah, I I took that recording, I plugged it right into my laptop. And I said I have to save that because you've been playing this thing for everybody, so I need to save it. Mm-hmm. Much like Keith was talking about, and um, I put it into my laptop and I had it ever since. And um, you know, that's the best that's the best way to go. But um, yeah, I I just can't. I have somewhat of a um, um audiophile ear. Like back when I used to play records, if it had scratches on it and you, know, you hear that popping and the clicking repetitively, it would make me absolutely mental. I'd just give my record away because I, it just made me crazy. I can't, I can't listen to it. So I always want to go for that purity. Even when I was a kid listening to records, I, always, I had like quadraphonic setup in my room, had you know decent, um, real nice linear track and turntable, had nice Stanton um, cartridges, and I, you know, I would listen for little, little sounds and stuff in the recordings. I kind of trained myself for what I'm doing now back then. So when it kind of came natural. Through the album against the wall. That's the thing. So when I, like, I've heard other people's EVPs and they, and it's like, um, oh, listen to this. And it's like, <laughs> and you listen to all this noise. And all of a sudden you hear something mumble or something and you can't make it out because there's just so much noise. Not that you can't capture EVPs with cheap recorders. You certainly can because that's how I started. I got tons of really good recordings, uh, from a real cheesy little tiny, you know, handheld recorder. It's just that I just, yeah, I gotta have, I gotta have sonic purity. The other problem, too, is when you can't get everybody in the place to be quiet. Yeah, that's rough. That happens. That's rough. Well, this guy's over here laughing. Nine times out of ten, it's him we're telling to hush up. (laughs) (laughs) Like when we were, when we were, well, when we were working in the Fearing Tavern, you don't realize, you know, being used to our more modern. 
I was actually told to shush it, if you recall, in one EVP. <laughs> That's true. The actual EVP told you to be quiet. But uh, w- when you're working in an old location like that, we take for granted the way that our homes and buildings are built today, where, you know, if we're in one room and you're in the other room, generally all we'll hear is a muffled burr coming through the walls. But when you were on the second floor, you might have even been in the attic, for all I know, and we're down on the first floor, we can hear you like you're in the same room with us because it's... You know, built in the 1600s, so it's not as... Yeah. He also has a bassy voice. True, true, yeah. You know? Which is great for radio, but kind of bad when he's <laughs> carrying on a conversation <laughs> while recording. But And I, I can say I'm guilty of it. I talk to myself, you know, during the course of things, and I'll, I'll ask a ton of questions mm-hmm. um, if need be. The The difference is, I, I guess, for some people who like to just turn the recorder on and let it go mm-hmm. and for other people that want to kind of direct it with a conversation whether it be you know Moniz's style which is a, a very personal uh, interviewing type style or mm-hmm. mine which is a little bit more confrontational yeah. give me the answers that I'm looking for essentially I don't want to waste time with small talk here uh, whether you're doing the silent approach or you're doing the the questioning approach but they both seem to work. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get stuff. Everybody's going to pick up things. You know, it's just a matter of being able to listen to it and decipher it from, you know, the people that are in the room and those voices. You know, you got to be able to pick them out. Um, you know, there's things to look out for. There's all kinds of robotic sounds. You know, they're going to come through. Um, like in my book, I've got a couple of examples. Uh, kind of robotic sounding, kind of very strange sounding. Like it doesn't belong in the room. The acoustics are different. You know, you'll hear the sound of the, the, your own voice as you're recording it, and what the room sounds like. And then you'll hear something that sounds completely different. It doesn't belong there. That's the funny thing about these uh, about EVPs is that they carry their own acoustic signature to them. Mm-hmm. Like they recorded somewhere else, and all of a sudden they were like just input into your recorder somehow. Because they have all kinds of reverb, echo, um, they they come through really quick. They come through slow, you know. And you're one of the few people that I know of in the field who is um, putting forth EVPs that are actually sounds other than voices or or animal sounds or anything like that. You, mm-hmm. you, the the famous gate slam from the Faring oh, Tavern, or crazy, or the the uh, the gunshot, which hopefully we'll be able to play a little bit later yeah. on. I mean, these are. These are sounds that clearly do not belong uh, either in the location where they're happening or in the context of what's going on at the time. Yeah, I, there's no explanation for those. Um, you know, an EVP we can pretty much guess. Well, they're you know it's paranormal. It's coming from spirit. Um, but you know, when you hear something like a gunshot that doesn't come from somebody, where does it come from? It kind of opens up a little bit of a new door, saying, well. It must be coming. Maybe it's coming from the same place the EVPs are coming through. Maybe it's like a wormhole that communication c- can come through, but maybe other sounds can come through too. Or it could be coming from someone's memory. You know, if you're projecting yeah. wow. something, something that came. You know, because you're. I look at it like this. You know, when you're dead, all you take with you is your memory, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. That's what that's what you become because obviously you don't have a physical body. So you communicate with telepathy. You think something, and somebody else is going to pick it up, and that's how you're going to share information. And um, I've got a story about that in the book as well um, uh, of how that works. And um, if you if you think about it, maybe a gunshot is how you died. That's the last thing you heard was that blast, and that's how you ended up dying. Maybe that is being transferred to somebody, you know, in the room to say, "Hey, listen, this is what happened to me. It's so traumatic." 
that it happens all the time. Maybe if I went back to that same uh, residence and recorded more, I'd get the gunshot again because the person that's there is trying to convey that somehow. Maybe. But it's possible that it's coming from someone's memory. I also wonder if it's possible, too, that it's just uh, two different phenomena that are happening because of the same circumstances. Mm. You know, that it's this trapped, recorded energy somehow. It's sound, acoustical energy that's yeah. trapped for whatever s- circumstances, but that the spirit is able to communicate, whereas these sounds are kind of just residual because it's just the replay of what happened. That's a, that's a you know, it's a, that's a good theory, but I don't, I don't know if I believe in that wholly because um, I'm not sure how sound can get recorded and play back with that kind of clarity and that kind of intensity. There has to be something that's putting it forth or yeah. pick it up with your I mean, own that, ears. That sounded like a fresh gunshot in the room. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I um, if I was listening on headphones at the time, I would have ducked. I did, that's the thing. I had the headphones on when I did record it, and I didn't hear it. It wasn't there. when. Uh, wow. Yeah. Because I was sitting on the kitchen, you know, at the kitchen table as the family was coming back in the house, and it was just business as usual, just like we're sitting around talking now, you know. And all of a sudden, you play it back. Oh, what is that spike? What is that? Well, what's interesting is when I was reading the book, and and right at the start, uh, kind of in the introduction, I've never really talked with you uh, in all of our discussions about EVPs yeah. and paranormal investigation and life in general. Mm-hmm. I've never really talked with you about your beliefs of where these are coming from. Mm-hmm. And I was very interested in, in your thoughts about that because uh, the way that you describe it, it's probably the most accessible belief system for all paranormal investigators because it's not like you're getting into religion, but you're still getting into the notion that it's out there. So why don't you kind of just explain yeah, to people? It's not, I don't think it's all that religious. Um, I think it's a, a natural occurrence that everyone's going to go to this um, this place that I call the the, uh, the great singularity, which has to do more with the psychological aspects of um, people's uh, journey in life, which is basically like we are now. We we have I, me, my, you know, and we're very singular. We we, ha- we haven't connected to anything. We're we're not connected to each other, but we're very we're very singular. We keep all our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions to ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's not broadcast out for everyone to see. And we're not receiving anything else either. So we're very, very singular. And um, I think when most people die, they go on to the other side, which some people call purgatory. I, I just simply call it the great singularity because it, it just describes the psychological mm-hmm. aspect of where you are. You know, I think the um, right where we are now is we're so low on the totem pole of spirituality that we're we have a physical body. That's how low we are. You know, we're basically just crawling out of the out of the mud, you know, and we are becoming aware of our spirituality. But when we, you know, terminate our existence here and we go on to the next, it's so close, it's so close to where we are that it's kind of helpful for it to be that way because we can share information back and forth, which is why it's so easy. We can take pictures of spirits, we can, we can record them, you know, video, we can get touched by them, they, you know, um, you can smell perfume. They can whisper in our ear. All this interaction is there for a specific reason. So it's, I think it's a matter of comfort so that when you do cross over to that side, you can say, wow, it looks very much like the life I just left. You know, all of a sudden blasted with some kind of crazy, huge, immense thing that you can't even begin to comprehend. 
So I think you have to kind of graduate up through it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like a first grader all of a sudden jumping into the 12th grade and being expected to pass all the the, uh, the curriculum. You're not going to be able to. But someone from the 12th grade can easily come back and understand everything in the first grade. I think it's kind of like that. So when you cross over to the next grade, you're going to learn, okay, this is how it is, and then you will go on from there. I, I, I do believe that, and I do believe that when people are touched by something that comes from that great singularity, I think it kind of opens them up a little bit more. You say, you mm-hmm. know, how we're not connected on this plane, but I think people who have more repeated experiences with that other right. realm it become more open even in their own realm to other people. Absolutely. And I think by um, by studying these EVPs, I'm becoming more clear audience. Um, I'm, I'm becoming more aware of uh, spiritual activity, and it's it's creepy at times, you know. Um, I heard my uh, my name spoken at work. Someone said, "Someone says Michael," and the girl next to me said, "Who was that?" Because <laughs> she heard it too. And I said, "Oh, that's someone who keeps calling my name." I record her all the time, you know. And she, she's, you know, <laughs> she kind of got spooked by it. I said, "No, it's okay, it's okay." But I'm, I was happy that somebody else actually heard it. When you're ever sitting home alone, you know, <laughs> maybe even when you're starting to fall asleep, or it, do you ever wonder that maybe do you, you're going to start hearing these voices? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's the thing. Um, you know, if you're schizophrenic, um, you don't know you are. So if I'm hearing these voices, I can't call myself schizophrenic. Um, I think it's a altered reality, altered reality that you have um, with personalities and all this stuff. Um, why are you looking at me like that, Matt? <laughs> it's, not, it's not important how Matt looks at you, it's how Paula looks at you. Um, it, it, it is an odd thing. Um, you know, it's like... Like do mediums, psychic mediums, really pick up all, everything that they say, say that they see, and they hear, and that they feel? I mean, if I'm just hearing voices, that's a far cry from what a lot of psychic mediums are saying yeah. that they're picking up. I mean, I hear some fantastic stories from um, different people that are saying what they're seeing, what they, what these people look like, what they're hearing, what they're smelling. All this information's coming up. I just hear stuff, so. <laughs> well, I'm not quite up to that level yet. And there are some great examples uh, in the book and on the enclosed CD. Again, the, the name of the book is EVP, Electronic Voice Phenomenon, Massachusetts Ghostly Voices by Michael Markowitz, and you can get it right on the front page of SpookySouthCoast.com. But there's some great stories where when the mediums, you're working with certain mediums at, at locations, and they're getting uh, whatever, however they receive the information that they receive it, right. but when they're passing it on to you, what they're sensing... The, there's actually EVPs that are backing up what it is that they're saying. Correct. Yeah, you'll actually hear the, um, you know, a whisper or someone say something, and then the medium will say, "Oh, they just said, you know, his name is Rumpelstiltskin," and then everyone will say, "Rumpelstiltskin? What the heck are you talking about?" But then when you play the recording back, you say, "Listen," and all of a sudden you hear the man's voice say, "You know, yeah, my name is Rumpelstiltskin." So, oh, for crying out loud, you really did hear that. You know? The only thing, and and this is, and this might actually be Matt Costa territory here because of his skepticism with things. I want to ask you a question about that too before the night's out. But um, I almost wonder if maybe it's possible that the the medium is able to project that out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So what you're hearing Absolutely. is actually just their thoughts kind of passed on. I wonder. I mean, you know, it, I mean, some people have a really crazily, you know, gifted imagination, like you know Stephen King. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's a medium. Maybe he's getting intel from somewhere else. Who knows? Well, there was a guy from Michigan that used to be able to imprint thoughts onto photographs, Ted Sirios. 
They used to call them thodographs. Uh, also, Stella Lansing from, uh, I believe she was from Rhode Island, used to be able to do the same thing. So, are you saying they're able to project an audio? Well, I think I think information's always coming out of us all the time. All your thoughts, your feelings, and emotions are coming out of you all the time, and we're also receiving information all the time. You know, Christ has shown with the halo. The halo is the strongest point of. Um, of spirituality because the head glows your brain is the uh, is the interface between the the physical and the spiritual world and when you have so much spirituality backing that up it, it glows and that's what you're seeing you're seeing the halo that is the spiritual glow of energy it's like an orb that just stays lit in your head all the time that's that's my depiction of it but with with that comes um intelligent communication and the depth of communication that that is when you're at that level is so extreme that you can manipulate phys- the physical world. So I think, yeah, people probably do project EVPs. I'm, uh, hopefully I'm not projecting it because i got some crazy stuff on there. Well, I think yours <laughs> comes from such a wide uh, variety of just everything, accents, ages, yeah. you know, different, uh, Men, women, and children. different tones to the voice, mm-hmm. different diction. I mean, it's, it, it's certainly either if, – if you are – the one that's projecting these, not only are you probably schizophrenic, but you <laughs> also have very distinct multiple personalities, <laughs> and they're very talented multiple personalities. <laughs> so, uh, since you would, uh, you'd basically make uh, you'd make Sybil look like a, a joke. I think that <laughs> it's got to be coming from somewhere else. Matt, Matt Cossie, you're our resident skeptic, and uh, we don't ask you yep. enough questions about things. But you're an audio guy, just like us. Yeah. You know, you're really into music and sound and, and sound production and different things like that. Uh, you're also not a guaranteed believer of everything that goes on paranormally speaking. What are your thoughts on EVPs? Because you've been there, you've we've captured them with you present, and you have listened to on them. On your own equipment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you've known that there wasn't anybody saying these things. So what what can you attribute these to? Well, it's hard to, uh, I don't know, it, you can't really um, exactly fake EVPs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- or I, I don't think... EVPs can be faked easily, uh, unless you do it actually afterwards. But, yeah, unless um, I give you something and say, yeah, "I swear to God, I, I didn't God, say that." Yeah. yeah, and it says "Spooky South Coast." dot <laughs> <laughs> com. Yeah, but um, I, I think sometimes um, we can hear what we want to hear, and then um, we kind of, after lis- listening to some EVPs over and over again, we kind of accept the fact that it says something, even though it might not say something. Mm-hmm. So I'm not discounting the fact that it's not there, but I think the uh, interpretation is sometimes misconstrued. So you're talking about the ones that are hard so, to hear. Um, sometimes. Sometimes it's it's like when there's a group of people. How about like the one that told Tim, why doesn't he? Now you have to admit. that was I, a pretty- I, I still don't think that's, that's what that says. Really? Yeah. You think it's just something other than I should go after myself? I think everybody myself? thinks it, it does, and um, you have that in your mind. So. I would sooner believe hearing it and not the person the person who uh, recorded that. I trust implicitly, but I would never... It, it's like if there's a cloud in the sky and they say, hey, that looks like a turtle, and then you guys are like, oh, yeah, it does look like a turtle. Does I think I want to replay that like one turtle? for you sometime, because I don't know, that one's pretty clear. I'd, I'd sooner think that somebody whispered that themselves. Then I would think that it's well, not one recorded from the same night. Very clear. I'm a good daughter. I'm not sure. 
if I remember. That one I can actually see where there could be some debate about it because it is further away. Right. But the other one is the other one is kind of right up against the microphone. I mean, we could we could argue with you about this song. <laughs> and well, like I said, we're going to play that Fearing Tavern one later on, but that's one that still to this day we argue about Matt Costa and myself because as as time has gone on, I I actually hear it way more easily than I used to hear it. All right. Uh, what about the little girl from the, from the Fearing? That was a very clear, very yeah, distinct. That was sweet. And you know there was no little girls with us that night. Which one? The little bar- girl? The little girl saying want to play dress up? I don't know. There was girls with us, so. Not that little. <laughs> well, I mean, I understand. I mean, somebody could be talking in a voice. I mean, I understand, but that's why I wanted to ask him, because yeah. he's actually been sure. there when it's happened, right. and he still doesn't quite buy into them. How do you explain, like, that iron door shutting? When that obviously doesn't exist in the house, yet there's a sound. That um, has to be recorded, which oh, in what, the, what did, has to be recorded in the room because of proximity effects. Now, what, what did Moniz eat that night? <laughs> <laughs> we, he could have had some potato skins next door. Usually, <laughs> when you hear those EVPs, when it's when it's Moniz's body reacting, yeah, they're they're a lot more pronounced. Sounds demonic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we're coming up on the news here, but when we come back on the other side, we're going to talk with John Brightman of the upcoming conference uh, that'll be happening. In two weeks uh, in Fall River, it's all about the Freetown State Forest, so it's your chance to get out there and investigate it. Uh, so we're going to talk to him about that, and you can find out more. they got a special deal going on for tickets, and there's tons of great speakers coming. So we're going to talk about that for a few minutes, and we'll get right back into the discussion about electronic voice phenomenon with Mike Markowitz. And normally at this time, you know, if you listen to us on podcast, and that's probably because at this time your local cable channel is running East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. Sure. <laughs> and how many episodes have you guys put out so far? Um, I, don't know, I think seven or eight. Seven or eight. Because uh, they're they're always running on on our cable, Wareham cable, when yeah. I don't have a chance to catch them, mm. and when my wife's recording something else on the DVR. But I will get to them. Yeah. It's uh, I've seen clips online, and it's 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 a great show. It's a great approach because it's a way to see haunted locations right in your own backyard. Yeah, we cover a lot of areas um, locally. You know, try not to travel too far. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> there's no budget, so <laughs> yeah, absolutely, that's <laughs> you can't right. Can't afford the gas. Yeah. All right, well, we're coming up. Yeah, we are going to take a break for the news. Uh, also, a reminder, real quick: Rock Me Amadeus is coming up this Friday night at the Skyrim in Highland Place. Uh, if you go to southcoasttoday.com and click on the living section, there's a story from today's Standard Times about the event. It includes all the information. Tickets are $45. You can get them through the New Bedford Symphony Orchestra. We're going to be there. All right, we'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Ooh, we're stuck in an elevator? No! <laughs> Wrong! Spooky South Coast is back. All right, welcome back. Hour number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here. Silent Assassin, Matt Costa. Science advisor, Matt Moniz, along as well. And we'll get right back to the discussion about electronic voice phenomenon with our guest, Mike Markowitz, in just a few minutes. But coming up 
uh, on the weekend, uh, not this next weekend, but the weekend after, there's going to be a big paranormal conference happening in the city of Fall River and in the Freetown State Forest. And uh, joining us on the line is John Brightman of New England Paranormal Research. And they are actually putting this all together. And, John, I, I have to say, first of all, I'm jealous because of where you get to be tonight. Uh, but I'm also uh, very impressed that you've been able to put something together uh, that is going to be a, a very big event here in our little neck of the woods that's really going to help draw some attention to this area. Hi, John. Hey, how you doing? Hi. I was just saying how, uh, can you hear me okay? Yeah, it's a little low right now. Huh, I wonder what that, that's got to be something on the with the phone system, Matt. Because we were having the same problem when Keith Johnson called in earlier. So can you hear me a little better now? Yeah, a little bit. It, it, it almost cut out on me. So Okay, hang on. How's that? Is, is this better? Yeah, that's great. That's okay, great. I'm going to have to steal your mic for a minute, Moniz. <laughs> all right, so uh, you, I was saying that, uh, first of all, I'm very impressed uh, with the work that you've done putting this conference together, and I'm also jealous because of where you are tonight. Oh, thank you very much for that compliment. And, yeah, we're here with, uh, I'm here at Lizzie Borden's with uh, Prism from Maryland. Um, Big Jim Jones invited me down to come do a little investigating with him from the Lizzie house. Just because I've been here a couple of times, and you guys have been here quite a bit, so you know the activity that you get from here. And oh, yeah. Looking forward to a good time here tonight. So I just stepped out while we're in the middle of doing a little bit of recording right now. So we'll see what we get. Tell Ree and Jim I said hello. I will definitely do that. And also tell uh, Mr. Borden that I say hello. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Let, let him know you know me. He'll he'll treat you right. <laughs> I hope I hope so because uh, last night, according to them, they stayed here last night, and uh, a couple people got their hair pulled. They said, and uh, they heard a couple of bangs coming from downstairs, which the whole house is rented out to them. Nobody but their group is in this house, and it was about four this morning, so. They're not sure what it was, but they uh, definitely can't wait to get back to checking it out tonight and see what goes on. Well, coming up here, you you have this conference, and uh, it's it's a huge undertaking, no pun intended, to pull something together, especially in this area where it seems like nothing's been able to get off the ground like this before. You're absolutely right. That was that was my intention. Um, I mean, there's been other places in Mass where certain groups have gone up and put a small little conference talking together um and then there's been other places that they've gone in and done investigations but no real conference attached to it i wanted to kind of put something together that was the best of both worlds and also give a little bit of background history into what goes on in the state forest and within the bridgewater triangle because there's so much i mean it's a 200 square mile area that that has things that go on so i just thought it would be good to Get, get the knowledge out there of what goes on in this area. And you guys have investigated it plenty enough. You guys know the legends and also history behind it, plus what you guys have, have caught out there, I'm sure. So it, it's just an all-around, I think it was a good idea to do, and uh, I hope hopefully people enjoy it and have a good time at it. I know that so many times when they've had these other conferences in other parts of the state, you know, there'll always be uh, a certain segment of the discussion reserved for talking about the Freetown State Forest and, and the Bridgewater Triangle. But here's people's chance to take part in a conference and actually step foot in this place as well. Uh, so how is everything laid out? You're going to have the speakers uh, in Fall River, and then you're going to take a trip out on Saturday to the State Forest itself? 
Actually, we're doing three trips to the state forest. Oh, okay. um, Friday night, we're doing a eight-hour investigation from 8 o'clock at night till 4 in the morning. Um, we do still have tickets available for that and Sunday night's tour. And we're going to be going to the Indian Ceremonial Area, the, um, the Pet Cemetery that's up there. We're going to be going to the Caldrew Shack. And we're not sure what other location we're going to throw in there yet. It's kind of a toss in between two. Um, we weren't able to get clearance to go to the ledge, so we had to kind of take that out of it. We wanted to bring people there, but the, the Department of Recreation and Conservation was a little nervous about having so many people out there at night. As you guys know, it's you know a tall cliff. Somebody could slip and fall. Oh, yeah. Even down below, somebody could slip and fall into the water. So they were a little leery about that. They asked us to not go there. So we're not going to go to that part. But um, Friday night, that's out there. Saturday night, we're taking people out. And Sunday night, we're taking people out. Um, the conference itself is Saturday and Sunday from 1 o'clock in the afternoon till 6 o'clock. There will be a small autograph signing area for um, people to go get autographs from different speakers. And then we're also offering dinner with certain ticket packages that you buy. You can also have dinner with all the, with all the speakers. So, you know, in the, the ticket prices, we tried to keep it reasonable for people to afford in the economy the way it is nowadays. Um, and also, you know, this is our first time. We're not trying to make a boatload of money off of it. We just want to get a good conference going, have people enjoy it, and get the history behind the Bridgewater Triangle. Sure. Who are some of the speakers that you have lined up? We have uh, Shannon Sylvia, for a former member of GHI. We have Keith and Carl Johnson that are coming. Um, one of the biggest speakers that I've been hearing great things about that, people are looking forward to hearing what he has to say, is um, Alan Alves, a former Freetown police detective that dealt with most of the, the, the cult activity and cult murders in the state forest. And then we have a few other, um, Suzanne Slaughter and Jane Riley from Ghost Hunters Academy going to be there. Uh, Mike Baker, along with... Um, I believe he's a team, a TAPS home team member. Um, Rob Mauricio is going to be there also. So it's it's going to be it's going to be a good a good good time, and I hope everybody enjoys it. And I hope to see you guys there. You guys are more than welcome to come out and uh, enjoy and see what you know it's all about. Well, what people need to realize too about Alan Alves is he makes very few appearances where he's discussing this. Uh, publicly, he's done this show with us a few times, and he's spoken at a few other things. But generally, I mean, he's out on the circuit as a hypnotist, and he doesn't usually revisit this stuff in a public forum. So this might be your only chance to, to get up close and personal, meet him, and ask him questions. Yeah, you're very, very right about that. He does not. He doesn't. Even when I met him personally, I've known him for many years. From me growing up in the town of Freetown, and when I went to him with this idea, he was a little hesitant with it. And he took about three weeks to think it over, and then he was like, you know what, I'll do it for you guys because we want to get more history of the area. And, you know, so he was, he was very good about it. He wanted to get it out there, but he told me straight out, he says, we do, I do very, very few appearances just for this reason. I don't like to really relive it and talk about it that much. And you actually, your family has a connection uh, to some of the cult activity out in the forest. Not that you were part of it, but. <laughs> yeah, um, my grandfather is actually one of the ones, and now when I say this, he lives on the other end of Copacut Road, and as you guys know, because you've been out there, Copacut is about a four-mile dirt road. He lives on the Fall River, New Be uh, Dartmouth side. He drives that road every day to work to get into a sonnet. Well, back in 78, he was driving the road. Two kids came running out of the woods, screaming, flagged him down, said, I just found a body. 
he was like, he didn't know really what to think about it, so he got out of his truck, the kid took him to it, and lo and behold, there was Mary Lou Arruda's body tied to the tree. So he was actually the one that, along with those two kids, that went to a neighbor's house around the corner, called the cops, and reported it. Um, also, I mean, my family, we, he, my grandfather owns close to, throughout the state forest, not in one location, but close to 60 acres of, in the middle of the state forest, we own land. And we are also the only land clearing crew that is allowed, my family's business, that is allowed to cut within the Freetown State Forest. So it's definitely a place with a personal connection for you. Yes, yes. I mean, I've grown up here all my life. I've heard the stories. I've read the books. And some of it I do believe is true. And then some of it is up in the air still. We have some evidence to support it and some of it we don't. So it's it's definitely to each their own and what they can believe and Hopefully they'll get to go out and check it out for themselves, and some good things will happen for them. Sure. Okay, so how much are the tickets, and uh, how can people get a hold of them? Well, you can find the tickets at neparanormalresearch.com, and they there are three sets of tickets. Right now we're actually, um, because there's a limited number left, we brought the price down for the tour package, which eight-hour investigation, both days of conference, and dinner both days for $100. Wow. Um, and then we have both days of conference with dinner both days for $49, and just the conference to walk in and go to both days is 29 Can't beat that. So, like I said, we wanted to keep it reasonable so people could come and enjoy it. There's other conferences out there. Uh, one that we just went to, it was $375 just to walk in the door for the conference pot. You know, we there were big-name people there, but we wanted to... Get some mediocre names. Have everybody have a good time and enjoy themselves. Hey, you know, you know what? What matters is the research that's being done. You know, it, it, to me, it doesn't matter what public forum you have to get the word out there about what it is that you do. What matters is the work that you do. So, yep, yep, absolutely. And uh, I hope you guys can join us. We'd love to have you guys, Matt, and you, and anybody else from your group that'd like to come down and hang out for the day. You guys are more than welcome. There's no charge at all for you guys. So stop on by and uh, check it out. Moniz will be the crazy guy driving the truck down Copacut Road. He'll be playing the mad trucker of Copacut Road for not, the night? Not playing. Oh, okay. That's just him in general. <laughs> All right, John. Thank you very much. Uh, good luck with your uh, investigation tonight and good luck with the conference, and we'll be talking to you. All right. Thank you very much. All right, take care. Bye-bye. That is John Brightman from New England Paranormal Research. That uh, conference is coming up not next weekend, but the next weekend after that. So that's the 16th, 17th, and the 18th. Uh, so, again, go to neparanormalresearch.com if you want to find out more or to buy tickets. All right, why don't we take a break when we come back. Back into the world of electronic voice phenomenon with Mike Markowitz. He's got his computer set up. He's going to play some clips for us. And uh, my suggestion is the guy says uh, coming in and out of the commercials, Turn on all the lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades because uh, it's going to be that kind of night for the rest of the show. We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Turn on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. Welcome 
back to Sleepy South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa, science advisor Matt Moniz, and for a show where we're talking about electronic voice phenomenon and the different things that you can catch on an audio recording. We sure are having a lot of audio trouble <laughs> here in the studio tonight. What's going on with this, Matt Costa? It's a train wreck. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to make our way through it the best we can. Our guest is Mike Markowitz. You know him from East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. He's also the author of the new book, EVP, Electronic Voice Phenomenon, Massachusetts Ghostly Voices. Uh, it's available from Schiffer Publishing. It includes not only the stories behind the investigations, but it also has a CD with uh, over 90 clips of different EVP. Well, one of them is Mike giving you an introduction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> over 90 clips of EVPs that you can listen to for yourself. And if you've never captured this phenomenon yourself and you want to try to do it, it also has numerous uh, hints for first-time investigators and first-time EVP capturers and it's it's definitely a handy guy it even comes in like a workbook fashion yeah so it's a little bit different than most of the paranormal books on your shelf you're really going to enjoy it it's linked up right on the front page of spookysouthcoast.com if you want to check it out and we're going to play some of those uh, EVPs for you tonight but if you want to join in the discussion at any point just give us a call 508-996-0500 1-877-996-1420 if you want to call in toll free you can also email us spookycrew at SpookySouthCoast.com and right on our website, SpookySouthCoast.com. If you click on the chat link, that will bring you over to our friend Craig's site where he's running a live chat uh, and people can join in and discuss there. And if anything comes up in the room, somebody will be sure to shoot us an email with the question. So definitely call in if you have any questions regarding EVP. I know that, uh, Mike, that Linda was looking forward to picking your brain. I hope mm. she got all of her questions answered yeah. <laughs> the last time you guys were together because... She, I mean, I didn't even know the book was out yet. She was the one that told me because you yeah. didn't, you didn't make a lot of fanfare about it. Oh no, no, I, you know, I work two jobs and I have to, you know, get all my investigations and in, in order on the weekends, and I don't have much time to do much, much of anything. I got to squeeze it all down basically in one day so I can um, do something else with my family the next day and then go back to work, working two jobs. So it, it's coming out now. You know, I'm making my way out there with it. Well, it's definitely it's it's phenomenal the work that you do, and I don't think anybody's as unique in a lot of their approaches as you are. And, and definitely, I find a lot of people who do EVP work, especially even more so than just regular investigators, people who specialize in EVP, they do become set in the way that works for them a lot of the times. So, sure. and it seems like uh, you're always open to different new ideas. Oh yeah, I um, I'll try just about anything. Um, you know, I'll, I'll make up something. Um, I'll build something. I'll try a new technique. Um, I'll I'll try just about anything, and I have tried a whole bunch of different um, techniques to um, you know try to capture voices. Whether it's using radios like the Shack Hack, which is great. I really love the Shack Hack, um, or you know using shortwave radio or any anything. Put something together to use it and see what I can get out of it. I'll I'll definitely try it. Well. Uh when I try to capture it myself with the different approaches that I've used, I'm only using a handheld digital recorder. Yeah. Um, and that's mainly because I've usually, when I'm in an investigation, I've got to be in 30 different places at once. Yeah, right. So uh, I like to keep it tucked into the the hat band, you know, the, the <laughs> flashlight that I have yeah. on my hat. Sure. And uh, it's probably not the best thing because I'm jostling it all around, but it, it does work and it keeps my hands free. Uh do you think that we're going to reach the point where maybe somebody invents, you know, 
the perfect device for capturing these? Um, I don't know if it exists. Um, there are a lot of different devices out there that work very well. You know, like I mentioned before, the Shack Hack. I really enjoy the Shack Hack. Um, it's just a, a very unique device in the way that it works, and it's probably best used, um, you know, to capture evidence when you play it back. Like you can listen to it live, but it's difficult to discern what's coming out of. The, uh, the the voice box there as it's playing because you got you know so many frequency changes bombarding you all at once it's just you know on this forward roll of uh, frequency changes there's little bits and pieces of radio that's coming at you um, if someone can find a way to um, you know better that that would be awesome you know I'd like to have one well I can just picture somebody's going to eventually. Just strap a big parabolic <laughs> ear to their back. Yeah, and, and just open the door. I mean, I'm working on a device now called the Sparacom, um, which is something that I have to um, finish uh, putting together and get it up and running so that um, I can use that. And that's basically like a big microphone is kind of how it works. Um, doesn't use any um, you know, broadcasts or receiving information it's, it's just kind of like a big microphone is what it is but the way that it works um you know it works very well in picking up uh voices so it's um it's it's pretty awesome i'm gonna hopefully start working with working it into investigations this year you know monies we gotta just kind of make the best do with what we have okay <laughs> more technical difficulties yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's it'll work out fine it, it won't matter what see what i do is if it doesn't work out i just give it to matt costa and make him make it better <laughs> and if he can't do it, we'll give it to Mike because we know he can make it better. So, Mike, why don't you play for us some of the clips right. that you have and, and kind of take us through where they were captured and what the circumstances were. Okay. I, I want to start off with the Faring Tavern because that was such a, um, a a great night of recording. It gave so much um, in one night. Um, I want to play this um, this clip here. It's a um, It sounds to be like an iron gate slamming shot, and this is an odd EVP where it is that it's not a voice. It's a, um, it just sounds like a big gate slamming shut, and you hear this clank of what sounds like a latch afterwards. And um, that, you know, that gate doesn't appear in the house at all. It's not outside. And, you know, because of the proximity to the microphone, if it was close enough to the microphone, you'd hear that clinking and you'd hear that reverb. If it was outside, it wouldn't be so clear. Now, bear in mind, Mike, that, the Faring Tavern back in this day was also used as the courthouse and the jail. Right. So there you go. I mean, although it doesn't exist now, right. it may yeah, have in the past. I spoke to uh, a gentleman whose family lived there. They were the last family that lived in the house before it became a museum. And he said there was never any such uh, in the time that he lived there. And he lived there for, I think, a good 10 or 15 years of his life. Mm-hmm. And he said they didn't even have one in the attic that had once been in the house, or mm-hmm. there was no sign of one having been there. So that brings you all the way back to, like, maybe the 1930s, mm-hmm. since there had even been one there. So I didn't even know there was a jail down there until, Matt, you just mentioned it. I didn't know that much of the it history was part of the, of the place. Yeah, part, it, was, it was the town hall. It was the courthouse it was the jail it was the post office it was you know wow that's crazy i never knew that so so that jail it might have been a jail cell well they might not have actually had an iron cell either i mean we just know what they used it for we don't know what was there at the time yeah for all we know it's uh you know it, it could be something that was 
I don't know. <laughs> and printed on one of the things that were brought in. I yeah. mean, there's so many items that were brought from yeah. all over the place there. That's right. It could be something associated with one of those things. Who knows? I have no idea. Such, but a, such a wealth of it, possibilities there. It's a very interesting clip. Um, in this, you'll hear um, you, Tim, speaking. And, um, Sorry. You'll hear, you'll hear um, this what seems like an iron gate slamming shut. And then, Tim, you say, Jesus. And then right after that, you'll hear a man's voice almost like, complete the sense he says Christ did penance right after it so here it is see there you go um, there's no explanation for it yeah I don't know what I was saying Jesus about either I was probably just running my mouth with one of my many stories <laughs> oh, maybe you stubbed your toe on something in there <laughs> Maybe maybe the Iron Gate hit me and I didn't realize it. <laughs> Very unusual. Um, what's really unusual is that obviously I didn't hear it at the time of the recording. I don't know if I had the headphones on or not. Uh, but if you look at the decibel signature, um, it's I think it's in the book as well, uh, you can see the middle part where it's the widest. That's the gate slamming shot. So it actually impregnated into the computer um, enough decibels on there. So it actually is very, very readable. And um, like I get, like I said, you know, you just didn't hear it at the time. It's very, very strange. And of course, you get the man saying that you know Christ did penance afterwards, which is also strange. Yeah, especially when you tie it into that sound somehow. We have a call on the line here. Let's take that call. Good evening, you're on Spooky South Coast with Mike Markowitz. How you doing? Hey Tim, it's Linda. Hey Linda, can you hear me all right? Yeah, you seem to be fading in and out. Okay, well that's that's just me in existence. <laughs> yeah, well, we we know now. Now you're back up front. Okay. Now you're backwards again. All right. Well, uh, you have a question for Mike. Well, I certainly do. Since he already answered most of my questions, <laughs> uh, one of the main questions I have is that little black box of yours that you use, your walking one, that you, the little handheld one. Um, can you tell us what it is, or is that something you made yourself? Um, the little black box. When you were talking about earlier tonight. Oh, the shack hack? No, no, not the shack hack, because I, I, I have those. Um, it was your recording device. The oh, the spirit com. Oh. oh, you brought the spirit com. No, I didn't bring the spirit com. Oh. That one there? Is that yeah, one? It's, it's, it's a little handheld recording device. I think it's just my handheld recorder. Um, um, I have a Sony. It's a um, the PCM D50. Okay, because it looked wide, you know. Yeah. And it can't, you know. Yep. Yeah, it's a um, it's a very good um, uh, record, digital recorder, and it has a lot of a lot of bells and whistles on it. They run for about five hundred bucks. Oh well, okay. Well, that was a nice thought, anyway. <laughs> Put it on the Christmas list, I'd say. <laughs> well, it does an awful lot. It, um, the applications go far and beyond just recording EVPs. I think it mostly it's set up for recording music. Um, it's pretty much unlimited to what you can do with the thing. I mean, you can choose all kinds of frequency responses, um, you know, uh, sampling rates. You can. It has a line in. You can record music from your laptop on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it does an awful lot more than um, just record EVPs, but the condenser microphones that it comes with are very good, and they're actually directional. You can bend the microphones out to get different um, different effects of pickup patterns within the, uh, you know, how you have the microphone set up. It's very interesting. Uh uh, how how the whole thing comes together because they just pack so much into it. 
it, if you're really into EVPs and you're really into doing this kind of work and you know you're going to be doing it for a long time, I would invest in something like that because you, you're going to be very satisfied with the sound quality of it. Well, maybe someplace down the line um, sure. I'll look into that. But I do like you do with the headphones on while I'm walking around listening. Oh, sure. Um, I'm out of hearing sometimes, so it kind of helps a little bit with the headphones. Yeah. Uh, and my other question yeah. I was going to ask you was the Shack Hack, but you already answered that one. You That's know, a fun like. device. Yeah, I'm having a little bit of fun with that one, too. Um used it last week, so. Beautiful. Okay, well, you answered my question about your device, and I'm going to sit back and listen to some more of your recordings because <laughs> I have your book and do need to get your autograph one of these sure, days. Sure, absolutely. Um, on it. And the first thing I did when I bought your book uh, was to listen to the CD. Great. They want, they're my reading the book. I want to listen to all the, all the, uh, all the wonderful did you, did you enjoy those recordings? Oh, they're wonderful, and um, I'm actually going to steal some of them and give you credit for it, of course. I'm talking to a group of high school students in Guilford, Connecticut, on Tuesday. Fantastic. And a paranormal group. and um, Paranormal children? Well, no, no, they're just an <laughs> after-school group. I don't know, maybe some of them are. Who knows? <laughs> um, and uh, I wanted to share some EVPs, and I said, well, I know somebody that has a book and has them on recordings, and I'm going to share some of your EVPs with these um, high school kids. Play track 13 and really scare them. <laughs> oh, check. Well, I'm going to write it down. <laughs> That's the woman you know. screaming. All right. Thank you You'll very much. you probably hear me screaming in the background after that. Track 13. Okay. All Thank right. you very much. Thank and you. And I'm going to sit back and listen. And, uh, Tim, I will talk with you guys later. All right. Take it easy. Have a good and night. And I got my tickets for the Paranormal Conference, and uh, I also got the one for Troy Taylor's, too. Excellent. I'm All finally right. going to get to walk in the spooky forest. <laughs> All right. Well, stay hey, safe. Hey, have a there. great night, guys. You too. Bye-bye. 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 All right. You know, you did mention uh, in the call, you mentioned the Spiritcom, Mike. And, yeah. Uh, the Meek and O'Neill Spiritcom, I've heard a lot of clips online from that. And, you know, it sounds, it reminds me of uh, kind of like war games, you know, that the, one of the first right. kind of digitized voices. Yeah. But you've actually done some work with a more modern version of it. Yeah. It's, it's, it works completely different than that. It um, It's really kind of like a big microphone where it's picking up the sound that's in the room it's not um broadcasting it's not receiving it's it's basically like a big ear it's like a big microphone if you will um and it, it works very well i um the first time i actually plugged the thing in i i set it up i had my headphones on and i was tinkering with it i heard half of amazing grace being sung by this woman wow. now because it doesn't have any broadcast or receiving equipment on it like um like a shack hack what's picking up it's built to pick up radio waves this isn't mm -hmm. this is built to pick up basically 20 hertz to twenty thousand hertz like a microphone is so it, it can't pick up that radio wave like that it's 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 not the way it's built and um i just sat there and i was listening i'm like how long is this going to last i was absolutely dumbfounded by it um, and I didn't even have the thing all really put together. It was Mickey Mouse with tape and, you know, electrical tape and stuff. I'm like, okay, this should work. And then that just came, it started coming through when I turned the thing on. And I was, it, was, it moves you when you hear something like that, you know. I think one of these days we have to get you and Frank Sumption in the same room together <laughs> and just see what happens. I'm going to start, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build it so that it's um, secure and stable. I can take it out and beat on it a little bit and um, start working it into investigations. And once I get that done, we'll have to go out and we'll use it, maybe take it to Lizzie Borden House or something sure. and fire it up. I know just the spirits that will help you. Uh, help you <laughs> because, because you can hear it live. 
this is this is the key thing with this thing is that um you have to have headphones um and you listen to it and um, I've got a um, an eight channel amplifier a headphone amplifier that, that I can build into it so you can plug in he- headphones mm-hmm. you, everyone can just sit around and listen to it and um you'll be speaking or whatever and you'll hear your voice in it and um but then you'll hear you know somebody else speaking or some other people speak I'm telling you when you hear it it's 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 gonna, freaky gonna put Chris Moon out of business. <laughs> Well, uh, what are some of the other clips here? One of the ones that I w- I'd sure. like you to play is, uh, and I will avoid getting into the whole big debate about it, Matt Costa and myself, but if you can play the, the infamous Ashford clip. Yeah, uh, that's because, crazy. Like I said, I discovered something that I had never heard before when I listened to it earlier tonight. Sure. Uh, and this one, so people know, it's the, uh, the main sound that this is traveling on, this voice is traveling on, is the sound of somebody sweeping dirt off of a cement floor with their foot. Um. And as they're sweeping, the voice, you can hear this voice over it. And when the person's foot starts and stops, the voice is in perfect synchronization with that. Um, And the sentence structure is perfectly in sync with it. So you never hear the person's foot sweep without a voice on it. There's always a voice Mm -hmm. exactly on where the the foot is. That's crazy. You can't explain it. Here it is. Is uh, as you said in the past uh, when we played on the show, you know, hey Ashford, I killed Grandpa Ash. I just knew that you'd feel the pain. Then there's that break. Then consider it a gift. But then I had never heard that kind of growl. Yeah, it almost sounds like when you know, like a dog is just sitting there with that. Yeah, just getting ready to <laughs> to bark or lunge or whatever yeah. he's going to do. It's um, that's that's one of my favorite clips. Um. It's such a long EVP, and there's so much energy contained in that thing. Um, down the basement, you know, most of the times when I record down the basement, I'm getting a lot of nasty people, a lot of nasty stuff that's being said, a lot of um, just real, real bad stuff gets said in basements. Um, and I've had psychic mediums tell me that's because the bad energy f- always falls to the bottom of the building. It's heavy like lead, that kind of energy, mm-hmm. and it can't rise too much higher than that. Anytime you go down to anyone's basement, all the bad stuff that happens within the house over the years, it starts to settle on the bottom of the, of the house like a pit. And when you go down there and you start communicating through it, you're getting, you're getting creatures and spirits that's, that lives in that. Yep. You know? Yeah, the, the muck dwellers. Yeah, the muggles. And, uh, you know, the, on the third floor, you get the angels. In the basement, yeah. you get the devils. Is that amazing? And that's the thing. I mean, I recorded it, you know, in basements, and you get all the nasty stuff. As soon as you come upstairs to the first floor, it stops, and you get, like, normal silent people again. And that, and there's still, uh, we still need to try to find out exactly who Ashford might have been. I mean, it could have been anybody. Yeah. But uh, I've, I've become more convinced the more I listen to that, that uh, the person that's saying it might not be human. I don't know. It's uh, it's really crazy. I mean, if you look at the content, it's a one-sided conversation you know he's saying hey ashford i killed grandpa ash ashford might be the, the last name of the person mm-hmm. so this person's you know he's like calling you weisberg hey weisberg i killed grandpa weiss you know mm-hmm. something like that you know so hey ashford i killed grandpa ash i, I just knew that you'd feel the pains in other words you know i knew that you couldn't kill a guy but i could 
you know, then consider it a gift. Maybe the guy in his world told him, well, I can't, I couldn't do it. Yep. So he responded with, well, then consider it a gift. It's very, very Isn't that creepy? creepy? Yeah. If you want, I can just play the um, just the EVP portion of it again. Sure, yeah. Because um, this is, I think this is a really rare recording. Um, you know, I, I just, there's just something about it. I, but the, the strength of it, you know, if you can even clean this thing up. If you put some noise reduction on it and, and take out some of the uh, lower frequencies or even play with some filtering, just remove the low frequencies and stuff and play around with it, it gets a little bit more dynamic and the voice comes out a little bit. But I'm just going to keep it raw right here. But uh, anyone that buys the book can certainly download that into their computer with their editing software and mess around with it. Sure. But, uh, but let me I'll just play this one more time. I don't even hear the sweeping of the floor anymore. I yeah, mean, me that, either. It's just that voice. That, that might creepy. play into the fact that once you hear it, you always hear it. But I mean, it just to me, it's I can't even hear the sweeping of the floor because it's just so strong coming through it. Very, very strange. I mean, and we didn't hear it when we were down there, obviously. We just heard the sound of the person sweeping the floor. The person sweeping the floor is me. Oh, there you like go. Was it you? Was it you? Yeah, I three people all putting their feet in all at once. And I looked, yeah. after you first played this for us, I looked up online, tried to find other examples of, of EVP that was created out of kinetic energy yeah. like that, and I, I couldn't really find anything. Hmm. I mean, it might just been a unique, you know, that was the only energy unique it needed to get through. But Yeah, very strange. Well, you've got a magic foot, Matt. <laughs> Your foot is haunted by whoever killed Grandpa. Haunted feet, haunted feet. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, there's another... Um, Pretty decent EVP that came out of there is of a little girl. Um, as you know, there wasn't any little little children in the uh, in the house at the time, and it was late night. And um, this is when I was just going down to the basement. Uh, I think you guys were heading all down there, so I was going down there as well. And um, I hit my recorder and started recording. And then you get this uh, uh, this this little girl. I'll play this one. It's a little in the background, but mm-hmm. she says, um, want to play dress up. And I had my recorder going, and I played that back, and I didn't get anything. You didn't get it, really. No. So it's definitely not somebody saying it that that I can find on mine. I mean, I was a little bit ahead of you. I was already down the stairs, right? So, but I didn't pick it up. I mean, as faint as that is, too, maybe yeah. it wouldn't have shown up on mine. But you play that one one more time. That's, that's pretty good. Pretty neat, yeah, little, little, and she does it in a sing-song fashion. Want to play dress up? And know? it seems, you know, it, it's very positive, as opposed to the uh, whoever killed Grandpa. That's now, right, you know? <laughs> absolutely. Um, it, it's just, it's just a wonderful place to record, and I, I can't wait to get back in there. Um, you know, stuff like that where uh, you can get these kind of recordings. And I've only recorded there one night, and all these recordings come out of there in one night, which is. For me, it was just phenomenal. You know, usually if you get one of those, it's like, yeah. holy crap, what a fantastic night. But to get so many like that is just But then nuts. again, in, in you know over 300 years of existence, we were the first people to go in there and conduct an investigation. So mm. maybe it was sitting around just waiting for the chance. I mean, the only people that really go through it now are members of the Historical Society and tours. Yeah. So they're dying to, to get a chance to speak. Absolutely. Well, they already died. <laughs> fantastic. Um, well... I mean, what, what what are some of these ones that you've uh, captured and that you've put in the book? Uh, like you mentioned that one that you, you got first. 
I it mean, drops an f bomb if you. I mean, well, it's, I'll play it if it's, you want it's me 11 to. Eleven o'clock at night. <laughs> uh, this is one where I was um, sitting on the couch, um, and my wife was uh, half asleep, and it was late night. And I think the Anna Nicole Smith show was on at that time, so I put the TV on low, and um, this is when I had my very first handheld recorder, and um, I was using that technique a little bit to, you know, get the acoustic energy into the room and all that, and. Um, <clears throat> I recorded and um, I, I got my first class A EVP and um, you know it's the wo- woman saying you know effing cold like right into the uh, microphone. Yeah. yeah, now you can you can really hear how clear that is, um, and it's because of the proximity to the microphone, you know, of the recorder. Um, I mean, and that's different than I mean now you don't really record as much with the background noise. I uh, don't at all. Now, now you go in the dead Yeah, silence, I don't use white noise. Or, I mean, if you hear a whisper over white noise, you can't clean that up. You mm-hmm. go try to take the white noise out, you're going to take the whisper out too because it's embedded within those frequencies. So w- you know, what's the point of adding noise? Go for clarity, you know. Um, so I, I don't do it anymore. But, um, yeah, that was pretty interesting. I remember handing the, uh, the recorder to my wife and saying, hey, listen to this, you know, and she's her, her eyes bolted open. She's like, oh, my God, that was last night? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, man, who is it? Who's in that house, you know? It's the first thing you ask yourself, who is it? Who is it? So yeah. it happens when you watch the Anna Nicole show. <laughs> now she's the one speaking. See? Here, so. Maybe she's a little chilly down there. Yeah. You know what I could do? I like to play this uh, this scream. This is actually, uh, I think, another re- rarity um, just because of its strength, mm. the power behind it. You know, I i don't think I've ever recorded one this quite this loud. I, I do have some that are pretty loud. The one calling me a shithead. It was pretty loud. Um, well, I figure if the EVPs can swear, I can too. Yeah, it's after eleven. We're we're good now. FCC's in bed. Okay, um, but I'll, I'll, if you want, I'll play that one, and you can kind of compare it. It's overmodulated because it's so loud. That's the only one that I, other one that I have that's really loud. But um, here's the scream. Uh, just to set this up, there's two women walking to a historical home, and they're walking by the table which is set up really nicely, very elegantly. And one of the girls says to the other one, you know, don't be touching that stuff that's on the table. And, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. And then you just hear this woman scream, and they, they just continue talking because they don't hear it at the time. Um, again, this was taking off of a mini cassette recorder, so the sound quality is not that good. And I put this in my, in my computer a couple of years ago, but um, um, it's, this is pretty good. You can hear the scream. I mean, that is just nuts. If there was, if that was somebody there, somebody would have responded either said, "Oh yeah, why'd you scream?" or "Hey, shut up," or something like yeah. that. So there's no way that they could not respond to something that loud. The beauty of this recording is um, that she's she's screaming, um, "Get out!" When you slow it down, you can actually hear the two words. Um, the other thing that's interesting about this is the amount of reverb that the woman's voice has that doesn't belong in the, in the room. You can hear the two women talking. That's the signature of the acoustic signature within the, within the room. The, the way their voice bounces off the walls, the way it gets absorbed in the curtains, the, the carpeting and whatnot. When that woman screams, that's got reverb to it like a church. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't belong in that room. You'd have to take that from somewhere else and, and import it into that room somehow. You know, and I took this or right. Or it would have to not be affected by the physical factors of the room. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's it's just so out in left field of um, 
what it should be. Um, let me just play it one more time really quick because it's, sure. it's so good. You know, you shouldn't really touch somebody like that. <laughs> and you just hear it trail off. It's just incredible. Um, again, no explanation for it. They didn't hear it at the time, uh, much like the gunshot. Um, they didn't hear that either. It's just, uh, it's just tremendous. Well, we are, we're coming up on just about out of time, actually. But uh, if you'd like to hear more of these EVPs, you can get the book, EVP, Electronic Voice Phenomenon, Massachusetts Ghostly Voices by Mike Markowitz. It's available from Schiffer Publishing. I know it's at uh, the Borders in Wareham because I saw it on the shelf there. Yep. And it's available at most bookstores around. You can also order it right on the front page of SpookySouthCoast.com as well. And uh, we've got just about a minute or two left here, Mike. I'm going to ask you, and it's okay if you want to save it for the people that buy the book, but if you could play those ones that come from essentially oh, okay. from heaven, the sounds of heaven. Yeah, the, a, um, I think it'd be a great way to open up uh, uh, Easter Sunday here. Okay, I'll play a I'll play a very strange one. Um, this is um, uh, it's unknown what the what they're singing, but it's um, it's, it's eerie sounding. It's recorded at Fort Revere, and it's like kind of quiet like. That's all that is. It just came and went. Uh, I'll play it one more time. Now you hear soprano sing. They hold a note. It drops. It goes back up again. Mm-hmm. You can hear some uh, some male speaking in there, and you can also hear somebody actually talking, a woman's voice talking over it. I think that's the person who meant to come through and, uh, that's and, trying and, to speak. and try to speak, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, in... Like I said, it's a perfect way to kick off Easter Sunday here, <laughs> you know, than to hear the actual sounds of heaven or what Mike believes could be. Uh, so, again, the book is EVP, Electronic Voice Phenomenon, Massachusetts Ghostly Voices. Uh, comes with the CD of over 90 EVP clips for you to listen to and dissect and break down. That's part of the fun. That's right. It's taking it and, and messing around with it yourself and seeing if you hear different things than what Mike's saying is being said. And everybody's going to have their own approach to it. And if you're not somebody who goes out and captures EVPs, this will make you want to do it. And if you are somebody that does, then this is a great reference book for you to have and to read and study. So pick it up. Uh, it, may, it would make a great Easter gift. So and I know the bookstore is open on Easter, so you can get it then. All right, well, we'll be back next week. We want to thank Mike for coming in. We'll be back here thank next you. week to talk about the paranormal, as we are each and every Saturday night. Uh, again, if you want to get in touch with us during the course of the week, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. That's our email. Uh, so until next week, from Matt Costa, from Matt Moniz, I'm Tim Weisberg. We want you all to stay spooktacular. Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not been easy, and what you have just heard was not fiction. Although, in many a desperate moment, I most certainly wish it had been. It's over for now, it seems. Or at least... Until yesterday begins again. Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Look, I know the supernaturalist.